Welcome to Up Here Alone, a Starfield podcast where we share stories about our adventures in Starfield. I've had about two weeks with the game now, but King's start with the game has been a bit of a, a bit of a, an emotional roller coaster, if you will. King, I wanted to start with that. Tell us about your ups and downs over the last two weeks. Oh, there have been uh, there have been a few ups and downs. So it, it started with a really great high because I found out that I actually did have the early access to the game, and I got super excited. Uh, installed it basically when I saw you start streaming it the other day. Um, and as soon as I had it installed and I started playing, it crashed. And then I played for about 20 minutes and it crashed again. Then about 10 minutes later, it crashed again and again and again and again. And after about the 10th or 12th crash, I started thinking to myself, okay, what's going on? Clearly this isn't just, you know, bad luck or anything. I I thought it could just be like a quirky Bethesda glitch or something. But no, I was running like minimum requirements for my computer and everything. And on top of that, um, <laughs> it kind of sent my CPU over the edge and it wound up dying like oh, no. a week later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that was a little bit of a down. But then my student funding came in and I built a new computer, which is just amazing. I'm running it right now. And I like... I'm listening to my room right now. I can't hear the fans. It's That's awesome. It boggles my mind. I'm used to a seven-year-old computer where I can hear, like, a, an airplane beside me at all times. Um, <laughs> That's so But funny. no, it's nice and quiet now, and I'm running a uh, an AMD 7800 uh, XT, which is able to run Starfield at ultra graphics so i'm finally able to play again that's awesome i was excited when i saw your specs because i have the complete opposite in terms of branding so you you went the intel amd route i have the (laughs) i have the uh the nvidia uh ryzen route and so uh it's just it's just cool to see it's it's nice that we're both coming at it from different perspectives now uh from a technical standpoint i'm curious how that pans out in the future because technically as it stands, Starfield clearly favors the AMDs over NVIDIA's because y'all have the FSR embedded in the game, whereas we have to uh, download a mod if we want DLSS. I did it, and it didn't really make much of a difference for me, so I just uninstalled it. But for those who can take advantage <laughs> of it, they have to go through a whole rigmarole of modding uh, with their NVIDIA cards. I've heard, yeah. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. So I actually have a funny similar story that goes back to Skyrim where, so Skyrim came out in November and I picked it up. I, I prob- No, I didn't pick it up on release because I picked it up like a week or two. No, maybe I did pick it up on release, but my first like day off from work where I could really just sit down and play it all day and have nothing bothering me or in my way was on my birthday. And I went to go boot up my 360 and it had a red ring of death. No. And I was just, I was just, I was, I was done. I was, I was done. I was, I was just giving up. And so I started doing some searching online and I was like, okay, let me see if there's any local shops that do console repairs. I kid you not. So to put this into perspective, I live in a very large city. Not, And I, I don't say large by population, although it does have a fairly large population. I mean size. We are massive in size. And I don't I don't ever expect things to be close to me. I kid you not, this console repair shop was like a two-minute drive from my house. And so I jumped in the car and took my 360 down there and I was like, please 
how fast can you get this red ring of death fixed? Because it's my first day off since getting Skyrim. And they were like, we'll push you to the front of the queue. <laughs> <laughs> they understood. They understood. So I also wanted to talk about a few things, uh, kind of a follow-up from the last episode, specifically my comments about my concerns with how they were going to handle humor in the game. And m much to my surprise and joy, they've done humor in this game, in my opinion, perfectly. And what's funny is I went into this saying, I kind of want it to be serious. I kind of want it to be serious. And then what do I do? I go and choose the two most hilarious traits you possibly can choose. I chose the parents <laughs> and I chose the adoring fan. Of course. <laughs> and I love them. I'm so glad I chose both of those, especially the parents because they're voiced by two uh, old Star Trek actors. And so I just, it just, it just warms my heart and they're really funny and they're just cute and really well designed. But I figured out what Bethesda did with this game with the humor that made it so perfect. It's, it's the fact that in general, society in Starfield has almost become spoiled by space. Mm -hmm. And they like, they no longer take it seriously. They take it for granted. But Constellation, on the other hand, they still take space and exploration and all that stuff very seriously. And so Bethesda knew that's what they wanted the new player to experience. The, the new player is naturally going to want to experience the wonder of space. And so they automatically put you with that group. Meanwhile, everyone else is kind of indifferent towards space in one way or another, where they're, whether they're pirates and they're just taking advantage of people and they've lost you know, this drive for exploration or whatever. Mm -hmm. or they're spoiled brats who just live in their city and don't care about what's happening on other planets. Yeah. Or, you know, or you go to Aquila City, which I don't, I don't know that you've been there yet, but it's essentially, I, I actually related a lot. Have you watched Firefly? Uh, not all of it. Okay, did you watch Janestown? Sounds familiar. Okay, so there's an episode called Janestown where they go to this, it's a, it's a mudder city. It's just really worn down and, and gross and everyone's a mudder, as in working with mud. Yeah. And so... Aquila City kind of reminds me of Janestown for more reasons than that, but I don't want to spoil that for you. Okay, yeah, I'm still in the first city. Uh, I think New Atlantis, yeah. I'm not going to say more than that, other than it's kind of got like a rustic Western feel to it. Okay. And I wasn't I wasn't really expecting that in Starfield, <laughs> but as soon as I got there, I was like, I am here for this. This is awesome. This just gives me all sorts of awesome feelings that I just want to dive into this city specifically. Yeah. I'm excited to start exploring all the different planets and everything because uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I'm a big Stargate fan. Oh, okay. Um, that is my favorite show of all times, and I'm hoping to get some Stargate vibes from this because, I mean, one of my favorite aspects of the show is the space exploration of, uh, of the Stargate right. system. So I'm hoping to go to different planets and experience, like, Basically, just different uh, societies uh, as you travel through space. See, see how every planet differs from each other planet. Right, and as as far as I can tell, we're gonna get that in droves with all of these different cities. I I've only been to two major cities. I've been to New Atlantis and I've been to Aquila City. I I know of other ones, and I've heard that they're like fantastic and unique and some people like they find a city that they love and they just get stuck there for a little while because they just love it and they just start doing all of the quests that have to do with that city it's almost like a different faction system like you find a city that you love and you just kind of 
hang out there and do that stuff with them. That's awesome. So another part of the game I wanted to touch on is probably the hottest topic among critics, and that is the fast travel system. Me personally, I think it's awesome. I wasn't happy when they first announced that there wouldn't be any player-controlled landings because I was a big Elite Dangerous fan and I loved planetary landings in Elite Dangerous. But now I realize that would have been awful yeah. <laughs> for this game because in Elite Dangerous, that is the content. Mm -hmm. The planetary landing, the excitement of it is the content. And then you land and you're like, oh, that was fun. Okay, let me get my quest and then go back out into space and do some more things. Whereas in Starfield, when you land somewhere, like there's stuff to do. That's the fun stuff. So I love, especially as a dad and a, and a husband, like I love that I don't have to commit very long or very much time to Starfield in a play session to get something out of it. And I just, I think the fast travel is phenomenal. I think it's beautifully designed and you can... You don't have to use it as a fast travel system. You just can't necessarily go from planet to planet or system to system on your own. There is a loading screen involved, but yeah. personally, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I I haven't had a chance to fast travel a lot because, like I said, I'm still in New Atlantis. Uh, my, my computer issues kind of set me back a little bit. But yeah. um, from what I've seen and what I've heard, honestly, I think it's a good system because... Uh, like you said, the content is interacting with the different NPCs, doing the quests, all that kind of stuff. All the spaceship stuff is extra, and it's just butter on top of everything. Right. And I love I love the different options we have for fast travel, too, because you can go to your map and fast travel. But if you're just needing to, like, fast travel back to your ship, if you're on a planet somewhere and you've gone out exploring, like, you just put on your scanner, point at your ship and press E and you fast travel back to your ship. It's It kind of reminds me of when I first started playing modded Minecraft and I started playing uh, uh, mod packs that had the slash home command. Oh, yep. Where you could go back to your bed. Suddenly I found myself exploring more in Minecraft because I knew, oh, I can just do slash home and be back at my bed. Whereas before I didn't want to travel out because then I had to travel back. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of see it like that, where the game has made it, it, they encourage you to explore by making it easy to go home. Yes, I, I would agree with that. All right, well, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, and let's, let's get into story time. Now, I know you may <laughs> not have a ton of stories to give, but I have one in particular I want to get to right off the bat that kind of covers how, it's, it covers a wide array of how this game works in terms of uh, a new player experiencing the world. I do want to give a disclaimer though. This is a bit of a spoiler because I'm pretty sure this will happen to everyone at some point if they trigger this one thing. So oh, no. listener, if you, if you don't want this spoiler, it's not a story spoiler. It's not a faction spoiler. It is just a thing that will happen to any player that does a pretty easy to do thing. <laughs> okay. So now that the spoiler warning is out there, uh, so okay, we got to back up a little bit before we get to the the, the real the, the real climax of the story. So I had recorded a lot of videos and I had streamed and I was then ready to kind of just go out on my own and just try and figure out some things with the game that I hadn't quite gotten to yet. And one of the things that I hadn't done was I hadn't just gone off exploring these unknown sites that I see in the distance. 
And so I see this building off in the distance from the mining facility on, I'm going to mess up the name, but Bezos, not Bezos, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Oh my goodness. You go to it as a part of the story, wherever it is, or maybe it's, was it the mining station on Mars, wherever it was. I saw a fracking station off in the distance. Well, I didn't know it was a fracking station, mm-hmm. but I got close enough to it and it said, oh, you discovered a fracking station. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, let's go see what this is about. And so uh, me and Sarah or my, my companion are going up and all of a sudden the guys who are standing there start attacking me. And I'm like, oh, oh, this isn't friendly. <laughs> I was expecting it to be friendly because it was so close to the, the, the city I was just in. And so mm-hmm. I got into this fight and I was way over my head. So I go through the fight. I survive. I loot everything. I go sell all the loot. It's great. Fast forward to the next stream. I see another fracking station and I think, okay, I'm going to show the stream. This is really cool. We're going to get into a cool fight because that was really, it was really cool the last time. So I want to do that on stream. So I'm sneaking up real slow to this fracking station. (laughs) And someone in my chat said, so far, I haven't seen any reason for you to need to sneak. And I'm like, no, 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 trust me, trust me. The last fracking station I went to, man, they they ambushed me and they got me good this time. I'm going to get, I'm going to get one up on them. So I'm sneaking and I see somebody. I was like, okay, okay. And at this point, I finally had a gun with a scope. So I zoom in, I hold my breath and I take the shot. And this (laughs) is when I discovered that enemies, when you target them, once you're at this range that I was at least and and longer, but at some point in the range, when you point your gun at an enemy, it tells you, hey, hey, Kyle, you dummy, this is an enemy. (laughs) But if it shows nothing, that means you're either too far or it's a friendly. <laughs> and I took my shot and all of the sudden bounty up in the top. And I'm like, no. And then they start firing at me. So I start firing back and I finish off that one person. And then the Bethesda in me kicks in and I go, wait, wait, let me just put my gun away and see what happens. And I put my <laughs> gun away. And <laughs> the, one of the person's friends who had run up to attack me stopped attacking and said, oh, I'm so glad you're here. We need your help. And I'm like, you mean from the wacko that's shooting you guys? <laughs> so, so then, so I find out, okay, so here's the thing though. I just assumed from my first fracking station encounter, I assumed that all fracking stations were bad guys. And, may, and I thought maybe they're making some sort of political statement about, statement about this. Well, they're not. <laughs> Clearly they're not because there are good people at some fracking stations. So, so they send me on a quest. I go off and I do this raid on this facility and it's so much fun. I love how you never know how big a facility is going to be. Like sometimes it's just like a couple of rooms and sometimes it just never ends. You go underground and there's just hallways every turn. And I just love it because you never know what you're going to get into. So I do all of that killing. I go back. I turn in the quest. They give me money. I jokingly ask to give them back half of the money to go toward the family of the person that I killed. And then I fly back to New Atlantis. Mm-hmm. And I'm immediately arrested because I forgot. <laughs> I forgot I had a bounty. I oh, totally no. forgot. And they check so, when you land. <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh, I, and I didn't. Well, did I land? I. Oh, no, no. I did land because I fast traveled. They probably would have stopped me up in space. But because I fast traveled to the lodge, I didn't even make it in the lodge. I had, I had officers arresting me in seconds. <laughs> and I was like, crap. And then next thing I know. 
So this is where the spoiler starts happening. I'm assuming this happens every time you're arrested for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I found myself on a space station, a prison space station. And there's some guys talking to me across some uh, some glass. I'm like strapped down to a chair. And then they're like, the warden's gonna come talk to you. So the warden or whatever his title was, but effectively the warden, mm-hmm. he comes in and he talks to me. And he talks a bit and trying to, he's trying to make sure he understands that I'm in trouble and that he's not, that I, he's not gonna let me get out of here, blah, 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 unless, Unless I'm willing to help him infiltrate some pirates. Of course. <laughs> I was I was just floored with excitement. I could not believe it. This was just the, the, the these two hours that this took up of the stream were just some of the most exciting ups and downs of gameplay of any game I've ever experienced. <laughs> and this is what the game offers is these moments where whether by something you do or just something random that the game throws at you, you will have these wild experiences like this. And granted, this one is a bit scripted, but I'll give one more. Let me give one more story. Yep. I get to a space station. This one also takes place on a space station. I've had plenty (laughs) of experiences on planets, but these two stories just happen to involve space stations at some point. So I come upon a space station. I highly encourage you, when you see a space station out orbiting a planet, hail them. And if no one responds, dock immediately because that is guaranteed going to be a great time. Okay, I will keep that in mind. So I see this space station and I hail them and I just get static back and I'm like, okay, all right, let's go dock. Let's go do this because generally speaking, there are going to be pirates inside. That's uh, that's my understanding. Well, that's what happened here. But what was totally unexpected with this was I get into the space station and all of a sudden I think my controls are busted Oh no! because, because I'm like moving weirdly. And I realize, wait a minute, this is a zero G space station. Or, well, at first I thought this is a space station that is just broken and therefore it's lost all of the pressurized nature and therefore it's just zero G because we're out in space and it's broken. No, upon further inspection, this was a tourist attraction it's it's a zero G casino or oh. was it was a zero G casino that has since closed down and is now being ransacked by pirates. I proceeded to do my best to learn how to maneuver in zero G's, which <laughs> is really cool, especially once you figure out how the jetpack like is very maneuverable and like pushes you whatever direction you're facing. Yeah. And you're so I'm fighting off all these pirates in a zero G environment. That sounds really was, cool. Oh, it was so exciting. It was so much fun. And I I just, every time I land on a planet, I'm experiencing new things. And like probably half the time, it's something I'm storing away as an example to give people when they're like, well, I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I'm really enjoying this game or I don't know that I would really like it. And I tell them one of these stories. It happened this morning uh, when I met, met with some friends who had, who had just gotten it or were thinking about getting it. And I'm like, listen, let me tell you what happened to me last night. And I tell them and they go, oh, that's so cool. And as far as I'm aware, I I don't see any end to this with this game. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's one of those kind of open-ended ones that you could just play over and over. Right. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know how often things are going to feel repetitive, but I don't really care at this point. Maybe I will at some point, but I mean, Skyrim never felt repetitive. No matter, no matter how many times, you know, I ran into Mike the liar or whoever. (laughs) Yep. 
So how about you? You've had less time with the game. What what fun stuff have you been experiencing? So I haven't gotten super far into the game yet, but there is one story that comes to mind, and this is just me being me, I guess. Um, <laughs> so when you think of a Bethesda game and you walk into a new area or whatever, what is one thing that you always, always do? Looting. Oh, yeah. Looting is my number one thing. And especially since, like, Fallout 4 is one of the last new Bethesda games that I played, essentially, if you don't include 76, um, I, I was always grabbing everything I could find to break it down for parts, right? Yes. So I thought, you know what? Maybe this game is the same. So I started picking <laughs> up absolutely everything in this first facility <laughs> that you go to, not knowing that you only have 140, like, carry capacity, and everything is, like, one at least. So I... I was trying to walk out of this facility and fight these bandits while super over-encumbered. Like, I think I had, like, almost 300 weight worth of stuff on me. And, and were you like me? Did you not realize you were over-encumbered and uh -huh. you just kept trying to figure out, yeah, I'm just like, why am I Why am I running out of oxygen? Yep. Why, what is wrong with me? And then I look up in the corner and I'm like, oh, I've picked up too many succulents. <laughs> yep. Well, that's the thing. It didn't click for me for a while. Like, I, I got back to my ship and everything. I finished clearing out that facility. I was in the ship. I was in New Atlantis trying to get back to the lodge. And I was like, why do I keep running out of oxygen? Then it clicked to look at the carry capacity. And I realized that I was over double what I was supposed to have. Um, <laughs> and then I just started thinking, okay, what do I do now? So the first thing that I thought was, okay let me just drop everything on the ground and get down to carry capacity. So I dropped everything right down to 140 and the ground was just littered with items. Oh my God, they were everywhere. It's like, nope, this isn't gonna do, this isn't gonna do. So I picked everything back up and I slowly started waddling my way over to the exchange to sell everything. And I barely even got any money for everything. So I, I collected all this stuff for no reason. It, and it just slowed everything down. Yeah, that's the first learning hurdle I've found for a lot of people is learning, okay, this isn't this isn't the sort of game where you can just pick up everything and and you know, take that as it is. At least we can level it up and I've leveled my my carry capacity up a mm -hmm. few times now and it's much easier. I think the Frontier's cargo capacity should probably be bigger. Mm -hmm. I I ended up so I the other the third trait that I picked, I picked the the house perk. Okay. So I I had this house that I could go back to and I built a couple of storage containers there mm -hmm. and I would just go there and empty out my cargo hold every now and then because it was always getting filled up with resources. Yeah. But then, uh, and this is, this is genuinely quickly becoming my favorite thing to do in the game. Uh, then I discovered how much fun it is to go steal people's ships and then go sell them <laughs> or keep them. And I finally found one that had a massive, cargo capacity so now i've taken all of those containers emptied them out and put them into that ship the <laughs> problem is now i have to fly that ship everywhere because the cargo will overload in any other ship i actually don't know what the what the penalty for that is i think it just takes it but like you couldn't i mean you can't put anything in it i need i need storage space i've got to loot the important things at least <laughs> Yeah, I've got to still learn what's important and what's not. Like, I was picking up every spoon and plate I found. <laughs> I looked I looked, and I had a left sandal and a right sandal, and I was, or no, bed <laughs> slipper is what it was. And I was like, why did I pick those up? What was I thinking? What I've learned is 
if it has any flavor text, and it's not even flavor text, it's text explaining to you how it's used as a crafting item. Mm -hmm. If it has that, loot it. If it doesn't, as far as I'm aware, it's worthless. Yeah. Unless it's unless it is worth something in this, in which case, you know, pick it up like a deck of cards is something that I've found is pretty light, but will sell for not a tiny amount. Yeah. So one thing I do in every Bethesda game is I choose one random item and I collect as many of them as I can. <laughs> so in Skyrim, I, cl I collected brooms and I put them all in Bree's home and <laughs> like at the end of the game I was level like 75 and you opened Bree's home and the brims would almost kill you from flying around um, <laughs> I did the same thing in Fallout 4 I forget what it was um, it might have been like alarm clocks or something like that but I did that and I kept them all in Sanctuary Hill this game I've decided I'm collecting spoons <laughs> so I think I have 10 spoons in my inventory right now and I've got to find a place to store all my spoons in my collection that's awesome. I had <laughs> thought about doing plushies, but but oh, I, I, when I first thought that, I wasn't sure like how many plushies there were going to be, but it turns out there's a lot of plushies in this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's never too late to start. Well, I think it's time for us to head back out into space. Uh, if you're interested in our other projects and channels, I'll have links in the show notes below. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe or whatever the podcast app you're using has on it. I don't really know. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for listening. And thank you, King, again, for hanging out and chatting today. Thanks for having me again. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.